present. So far, it's you. <laughs> Hello. Okay. You think you'll be okay with that? I definitely. <laughs> I'll be okay with any breeze. At any breeze that you can come up with will be great. Just to circulate the air. I mean, the air conditioner would drown us out. I'd have to yell or something if I was on. Well, yeah, that's a possibility too. Good morning, whoever joined us online. brighter. You have to judge that. Hi Pearl. Hi Victor. Good morning. You got shade on it? I don't need shade. I'm okay. I, w I won't look right up into it, that's for sure. I'll burn the retinas. Oh, can I see my cool koozie? I'm Batman. Okay. We are about to begin right now. It is 9.30. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Sunday School at Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. Thanks for being here this morning. Um, we have a busy morning. Um, but uh, we hope that you can stay with us online and even meet with us. Uh, if you're in Akron, meet with us down at the church um, uh, in about an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what I'd like to do right now is make sure that we, um, thank you, make sure that I play this musical selection uh, that was sent by Arlen um, for the praise team music. Uh, it's about six, a little bit over six and a half minutes. I'm going to go ahead and start playing it now uh, while people go ahead and get online with us. Uh, it is uh, the musical interlude uh, entitled Psalm 23, I Am Not Alone, and it is featuring uh, Joshua Sherman. So uh, I'm going to play music now, and we'll wait for more people to jump online with us, and we'll get started with our Sunday school. Shepherd, everybody. The Lord is my shepherd. 
before me. He goes before me. Defender behind me. Defender behind me. I won't fear.
Amen. Now that was a selection. Um, Psalm 23, I Am Not Alone, um, with featuring the uh, phrases coming from Joshua Sherman. We'll make sure that that is given the proper credit. That's a tough act to follow this morning, um, but it's also very, very appropriate for uh, our time that we're living in today about recognizing uh, the importance of... Uh, uh, trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of a lot of stuff that's going on. Um, and that um, also helps us to see the importance of our Sunday school lesson today as well, too, um, which we normally will allow for uh, questions and stuff like that, but we won't be able to do that today just because of time. If you have questions about material in any Sunday school class, you're welcome to write us a note, drop us a note, put something in the comments, and we'll go back through those and respond uh, accordingly, That's about the best way to communicate when your time is limited. Uh, but we'll do that for you if you have questions. A um, couple of uh, housekeeping notes as well, too. Um, please make sure to remember uh, your offerings for the church um, uh, and make sure that you are mailing those to the church. If you're not here, if you're interested in contributing, if you're going down to church today, uh, uh, there will be a drop box on the side of the church at um, uh, between, I guess it's 10.30 and 12 noon, if I'm not mistaken. That's the time frame for that. Um, and we still need to be able to, of course, run the church and, and keep it going. Um, and, um, and we'll go ahead and pray, too, and get started. And I, I want you guys to remember to keep, keep Pastor Gus in prayer uh, just because he's, uh, he's taking a little couple time, a couple weeks off. Um, just to get some rest. Uh, he's been running quite a bit, and um, I know that this time is going to be very good for him just to kind of refresh and, and regroup a little bit. Um, so uh, in the midst of that, just keep him in prayer. Just lift him up in prayer and have, pray for his protection. And with that in mind, let's go ahead and pray uh, so we can get going with Sunday School, and we'll get started. And I thank everyone who's online. Uh, Ronnie, good morning. Uh, Angela, uh, good morning. Uh, Mr. David Fry, a.k.a. Roscoe, good morning as well, too. Thanks for being here this morning. Let's look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, thank you for this time that you have set aside for us to be able to gather as a church. And, Lord, we could not have known uh, the events that would lead up to this point where we have to gather together online. But yet, Lord, you are the one who is sovereign, and you are well aware of everything that's going on before we can even have an inkling of it. And we just thank you that we can do just this very thing, that we can gather as a church. For, Lord, we're reminded that the church is not the building, it is the body, it is the people that get together. And my brother reminded me yesterday, and uh, I remembered very well, that the early churches, we all gathered together in our homes. We gathered together in houses. We didn't gather together in a building, per se. So we are just thankful to be able to do what we're doing right now, and we are thankful to be able to do it in this 
day and age where we can get together in spite of what's going on. We praise you, Lord, for that and thank you. And we pray, Lord, that you'll just bless this entire church, this entire group. Bless this time that we have together. Please remember Pastor Gus. We lift him up to you in prayer just for comfort uh, and rest right now. And we give you praise and thanks and all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We have um, material that we're going to be going over. It's a news section of Scripture uh, in the book of Philippians. We're going to start in the book of Philippians today. Philippians, uh, amazingly, um, Arlen picked out something, uh, Psalm 23, which is about, uh, if you know about Psalm 23, it's about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but you don't fear any evil. And which implies there is suffering going on. Uh, emotional suffering, uh, mental suffering, whatever it is, there is suffering of some sort that's going on. Well, this particular passage in Philippians chapter 1 Verses 1 through 11. Now, if you have your Bibles and electronic devices, please turn to that. Uh, Philippians 1, verses 1 through 11. The text is essentially joy in suffering. Joy in suffering. Um, and there is joy in suffering. Uh, you need to understand uh, what that really represents and what that really means because the average individual say, what do you mean joy and suffering? There's no, no such thing as joy and suffering. Well, yes, there is. Um, and it has to do with deepening your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, where it's not all about you. And I think that's what it comes down to when we look at getting joy and suffering. Remember, Jesus Christ suffered on the cross and died for us. But that's a reason for us to not say, oh, how sad that was, but it's a reason for us to be joyful because of what he did for us. Um, and the text is involving thanksgiving and prayer. And I'll explain uh, as we go further into this, but it's Philippians 1, verses 1 through 11. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the passage in, in its entirety and circle back and cover it. Um, but I want you to understand the, the pretext as to what this letter is all about to the Philippian church by Paul. Um, it is one of the, he, it was one of his second missionary trips where he went and formed this church, uh, the Philippian church, and he was a recipient of a gift from one of the members of the church, and he was writing the letter just to say how thankful he was for receiving the gift. They, someone, he was, of course, he was in prison. He couldn't go anywhere, and the, the idea was that now he was just saying thanks because they thought enough of him to get him a gift, knowing full well where he was and what was going on with him. So let's start with verse 1, and we'll read all the way through to verse 11 in Philippians chapter 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Verse 7, Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you, because I have you in my heart, and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how deeply I miss all of you 
with the affection of Christ Jesus. And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. That's the passage, Philippians 1, verses 1 through 11. Let's circle back and cover some key points in this passage uh, and go over these things. Now remember, we're looking at Paul, who is in prison, received a gift from the Philippi church, um, recognizing who he is and where he was been, had been, and he was overjoyed with love for this gesture. Now, remember, he's in prison, and if we're looking at this objectively, Paul probably thinks he's not going to get out of prison. So what he is doing is he is extending greetings to this church and saying thank you for this gift. And he is thankful for the group. He is thankful for the people because they are remaining faithful. Um, One of the things that we want to take away first, if you go back and look at verse 2, where he says, "Grace Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the most important takeaways here is that what we are enabled with through the power of the Holy Spirit is grace and peace. And we can draw upon this grace and peace at any moment whenever we are going through difficulty. Um, It's an immeasurable gift that we have through the Holy Spirit. It's a gift that something that if you try to compare it with what we have here on earth, worldly possessions, there's no comparison. There's no comparison whatsoever to what we have in the power of the Holy Spirit in this grace and peace. You know, we're talking about storing up treasures. Well, we're not storing up treasures here on earth. We're storing up treasures from heaven that we have. And we need to understand that grace and peace is a very important thing that we possess because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you think about that? When times are tough or when times are difficult, the very first thing we should be looking to is having the attitude that Paul has here and saying, Lord, I'm thankful for what I have. I'm thankful for what I'm in right now. I know it's not the easiest thing, but I have your peace and I certainly have your grace because you saw to it that I needed a savior. And these are ways for us to be thankful Now, we have a lot of nervous Nellies out there and negative people who are going through a really hard time, and they need to be able to see people who are living in grace and peace. Um, People are are very often confused um, because of what's happening and trying to understand what's going on. And you're missing the whole point. The point is not about understanding exactly what's happening and what's going on. The point is understanding that God is already in control of all of this. He is aware of it. He knew it was going to happen. And you have to understand that a lot of things that happen are for the direct result of getting people to understand and recognize there's something going on out there that's bigger than them. And that's Jesus Christ. And so we have to get back to that. We may not get back to the way things exactly were at 
at this point. We're, we're going to be doing a lot of uh, social distancing and wearing masks and, and doing all these things to make sure we're washing our hands. You know, the best thing comes out of this, frankly, is that we're washing our hands all the time. We're just keeping clean because we know that a lot of people don't wash their hands very well. We know a lot of people spread the flu around before all this happened. And so now we have a whole different way of looking at things. And we need to be thankful that we have this, uh, the health that we have. We have the life that we have. We have the ability to still gather together as a church. There are a lot of things that we need to look at and say, boy, what a blessing it is to be able to do these things. God gives us grace and peace. And look at verse 3 that Paul is expressing to the church as well, too. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you. He is remembering the people that he ministered over when he opened and formed that church. Always praying with you for all of you in my every prayer. So another clue here that we need to see is that he is praying and he's doing so with joy. Praying with joy. Why? Because he sees people who are being successful, who have been successful in their walk with the Lord. That's one of the greatest things that a pastor or anybody, if they want to see a church grow and be successful, they want to see people growing in Jesus Christ. We don't want to see dissension. We don't want to see fighting. We don't want to see people picking on each other. We don't want to see people drudging up things that are unnecessary in the faith. We want to see success because we want to see people grow in their personal relationships with the Lord Jesus Christ. So what Paul is saying here is that he wants to make sure that He's thankful for them, and he's praying with them with joy and thanksgiving uh, because he is recognizing that they are helping the cause of Christ. Helping the cause of Christ. Are you helping the cause of Christ in your daily routine? Are you doing everything you can do to make sure that you are focused on the Lord Jesus Christ in your daily routine? Now, your daily routine may, may be made up of hanging around the house, are you doing things around the house that's edifying Christ? Are you being uh, kind to your wife? Are you being kind to people around you? Are you speaking kindly of others? Are you doing things that are referencing others in the right way? Um, these are all things that you're doing for the cause of Christ because we want to lift up each other. We want to support each other. And don't miss the point about prayer and praying with joy. We pray through our successes we pray through our failures. We pray for greater understanding. And one word, the key word that's coming up later on, too, is that we're praying for discernment, too. And that's something we'll talk, we'll talk about a little bit later on in this passage. So keep those things in mind as you look at what Paul is doing. Remember, Paul's in prison. Paul is in a very dark place, and yet he is able to find joy even in the midst of his dark place can you do that can you do that very thing that's something that is very important for us to see these letters are very valuable for us to see the behavior of someone who has been through a lot and is suffering in their own way but yet they can find a way to still praise God with sincerity and express that communication to other people there comes a point where even in the midst of a pandemic or in the midst of an event like this that 
believers should have joy showing to everyone. It's great that a lot of churches are now getting back and going into buildings, uh, and, and that's wonderful that they're doing that. But it's also very important for us to understand that even in the midst of that, we need to be expressing joy to each other. When we gather together in about an hour or so, we're going to express joy because we're all getting together as a group. It's out in the parking lot, and that's fine. Nice sunny day outside makes it very helpful. But there is joy in our getting together. And remember, we're doing all this in what? In the midst of what? A pandemic. We're doing it during a time when there certainly is a lot of caution that's being taken place, but you can still be joyful. Look at verse 5 one, uh, real quick as well, too. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, Paul was expressing joy with uh, the people in every prayer because of the partnership in the gospel from this very day until now, from the very day until now, the first day, excuse me, until now. It's all about fellowship. It's all about fellowship. It's even though we're not always gathering together, we have fellowship right here online. We have fellowship here. And I want to look at a verse that reminds us of that. Uh, go to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Now remember, this is actually a mentioning a mention of the first church, the first gathering of people. And understand that there is nothing about a building. It's more about the gathering. It's more about the people getting together. And look what it says in Acts 2, 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. The breaking of bread and the prayers. And I'll go ahead and read verse 43. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So what does that mean? It's where they gathered, and God was there with them. And he made known that this gathering was a wonderful thing for people to do. And he made it known because of all of the signs and wonders that were being done through the church leadership, through the apostles, through the people who were there. This is what we need to see about how important it is for us to transition from just being in a building to gathering together in any way we can, whether it be here online or in our parking lot. It doesn't matter. What matters most is the fellowship aspect of what we're doing. We're all together right here, and we're all looking at how valuable it is to be able to do those very things because God is going to bless it. God blesses it when we get together as a group. God blesses it when uh, we recognize the importance of gathering together and worshiping and looking at him and not thinking about, oh, how bad it is that I'm having it right now. It's more about what are you really in want of right now? What are you missing? What are you missing out on? Are you really missing out on anything? Are you really so put upon yourself? Well, first of all, you're not in jail. You're out of jail. Well, Paul is finding a reason to praise God, even though he can't gather with his group. He can still praise them because of what they're doing and how they're going about it and remaining faithful. 
So there's a lot about an attitude that we have to look at here when it comes to these things. Look at verse 6, going back to Philippians chapter 1. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Do you get this? A good work in you, it'll be carried on. Now we've had, in a semi-personal note, and we've had a lot that's happened over the last few years where we were looking at a pastor and having someone come on and take on uh, the new challenge of leading the church. Well, that didn't work out, and we know that. But that doesn't mean that the work still can't be carried on. There are still people that get together, and we still are worshiping the Lord. We still are praising the Lord. We're still going after him. And we have to understand that the good work started not with us, but with Christ when he died on the cross for us. That's when this good work started. The good work started because when he died on the cross for us, he took care of our sins, past, present, and future, and we recognize that he died in our place. So the good work that we're doing is good work that's going to continue on for as long as we're around. And guess what? When we're no longer around, someone else is going to carry on that good work. So we don't need to worry about who is going to take over. We don't need to worry about any of those things because I'm going to trust that God is the one who's taking care of all this. He is the one who is going to see to it. Do you recognize that you have a lifetime partnership with Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit? It's a lifetime partnership. It goes on for as long as you're here. And for those who are carrying on the work, he has also formed that lifetime partnership. And we're going to have this partnership with him. Um, as long as he's around here and as long as he is still trying to win people for Jesus Christ. And then there's going to come a point where we will be reunited with him. We will be with him. He will return one day. But we have this lifetime partnership with him right now. Are you making the most of it? Are you making the most of this partnership? Are you doing everything you can do to make sure that you are looking at and focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ? So these are things that are very important for us to see. Um, verse 7, Indeed it is right for me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And that's something we need to see here too. He's in prison, but and the Philippians are where they are, but we're all in a partnership. We're in a partnership here at our church. Akron Alliance Fellowship, we may not have the biggest numbers of a church, but we are a mighty church. We're a small church, but we move mountains because we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're able to do what we're doing right now because, frankly, God saw to it that we would get together just like this. And we're in fellowship together. And so whether we are together or not, we can still say, Lord, you are able. You are able to do all mighty things. You are the great physician. You're the great healer. You're the great um, 
you're the great one who is able to take care of any uh, issues we have, any worries or concerns about life. You're the one that we can give all of this to as a church, as a people, as individuals. And I want you to see something here that's very important too. Paul is rather emotional in this letter. I don't know if you can pick up on this or not. It's hard to pick up on sometimes the emotional aspect of what is happening because he wants to be with this church. He wants to be with these people because he loves them, but he's not able to. But I want you to see this here in verse 9, going back to Philippians 1, 9. And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ. Paul is telling the church to keep growing, to keep moving, to keep studying, to keep reading, to keep meditating on his word, to keep growing in the love of Christ and in the knowledge and giving discernment and growing in that. You have to understand something. If you watch a lot of TV, it's like watching scrambled eggs. There's stuff all over the place. And what you have to do is be able to cut through some of this stuff and know what's good and what's not good. And that's discernment. Discernment helps you to be able to see these things for what they really are. And he is praying that the church stays on with love, keeps growing in love, keeps growing with every kind of discernment so that you can approve the things that are superior, the things that are most important, the things that are most important in your life. Not a bunch of ticky-tacky stuff that has nothing to do with anything. What's most important to you? Well, the most important thing should be your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and that you may remain pure and blameless in the day of Christ. We need to be able to discern what's right and what's wrong. Discernment, and in doing that, we need to pray for people to have discernment. Discernment is one of those gifts that you can get from God as a spiritual gift, but some people have to actually pray for discernment because they don't have it. They don't really have that way of discerning things, but God will give it to you if you ask him, and that's something that we need to do. How do you cut through all of the mess? How do you determine what's good for you and what's not good for you? Well, you need to be prayerful that God will show you what's good for you and what's not good for you. And what we need to understand, too, is that Paul has this deep affection for them. He wants to see them grow and succeed in their faith. So he's praying for those very things. So in the same way as Paul is praying for the church, the Philippian church, we are to be prayerful for everyone in our own church who is going through all different kinds of things, different health issues, different problems. Uh, there may be family issues. There may be, you know, some families, uh, unfortunately, there's, there's all kinds of drama that takes place. I'm not mentioning any names in the church because that's not really what I'm getting at. You know what I mean, though. There's a lot of things that are happening um, that people have to go through every day. And that can be very exhausting. And even when you're sick, it can be very exhausting as well, too. There are some things that we need to understand that we always have a reason to pray. I, I was speaking to a chaplain um, at Kindred yesterday. I gave him a call. 
and we talked for a little bit, and then I asked him, how can I pray for you? Because you, you need to understand that even though there are people out there who are giving care to others, nurses or whatever it is, they need prayer too. They have things going on in their lives. And we need to, again, take you out of the equation and think about the other person. That's what Paul is showing us in this passage, thinking about somebody else. How can I pray for you? What is it that is going on in your life that needs prayer, that needs to be lifted up to the throne of grace? And I got the answer, and it was a good answer because it was something that didn't occur to me. But we're all human beings, and we all have responsibilities, and we all have bills to pay, and we all have things that need to take place. And if this gentleman is looking for ways to make sure that he has an income stream to take care of bills at home, that's a pretty important thing to pray about. So we need to understand that these are all things that we need to look at as we are getting deeper and deeper into the scriptures, deeper and deeper into the faith, deeper and deeper into our growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I promise you, I am not the person I was 10 years ago. I'm a lot better at understanding matters of faith. I mean, I was okay 10, 10 years ago. I mean, I've, I'm, I married... I married my lovely bride um, 15 years ago, but I've grown. I, I, I believe that it's less about me and more about others because you learn this as your relationship with Jesus Christ deepens. And this is not to blow my own horn. Please don't, under, don't misunderstand. It's more about there should be a progression in your faith as time goes on. There should be a growth. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean that you are going to, you know, not make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. You're still going to be having issues with that. So understand that, hey, things are going to happen, but you still should be progressing in your faith. Paul is praying that that Philippian church grows. The love they have will keep growing. If love is growing... That means compassion is growing. That means empathy is growing. That means appreciation for what you have is growing. That means you're looking outside of yourself and looking at other people. He wants to see that, and he wants people to keep growing in knowledge. Knowledge, biblical knowledge, teachings, spiritual truths, wisdom. The Spirit is indwelling in you to give you the wisdom that you need to be able to function in today's world you have everything that you need right there and one thing that i want you to look at here in verse 11 filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through jesus christ to the glory and praise of god what is this fruit of righteousness well let's go to galatians chapter 5 and we will know exactly what this is because the fruit of righteousness is all the stuff that uh, Jesus Christ gives us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Everyone knows what this passage is. But we need to reemphasize what this fruit of righteousness is. We have it because we have the Holy Spirit. He gives us these things. It's Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. Filled with the fruit of righteousness. That fruit of righteousness comes from none other than the Holy Spirit. And what is that fruit of righteousness? Galatians 5.22.
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. There is no law against any of these things. And we need to understand that these fruits are what should be spilling out of us as we live our life. They should be spilling out. They should just, just keep coming out of us all the time. Because we are growing in the knowledge, growing in the wisdom, and we recognize that, first of all, uh, we are not trying to cause people trouble. We're not stirring up things. We are doing things, if anything, we're stirring people towards focusing on the love of Jesus Christ. Those fruits help you to convey the love of Christ. And remember this. We've had people talk about, is this about the beginning of the end? Well, yeah, it is. Uh, these are the end times. So we're going to see a different way of life that we probably haven't seen before. And so time is short. Every day that goes by is one day closer to the Lord's returning. So rather than worrying about how much time you have, be concerned about the time that you have now and use it wisely. Do those things to serve the Lord. Be a servant of the Lord. Think outside of your own self. Look at how you can live each day as though he is going to return at any moment. Is that how you're living? Are you living each day in the way, in the manner that he is going to return any moment? Because he can and will return at any moment, uh, like a thief in the night, just like the scripture says, he will do those very things. So how are you living your life? How are you living your life? And today's sermon message is going to also point out those very things and start posing questions for you. How are you living your life? Are you doing everything that you can do at this moment in time, to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, to be a servant for Christ, are you doing everything that you can do in this manner? That's essentially what Paul was writing to the Philippians about. Grace and peace, being joyful in the midst of suffering, because we're all going to suffer. We're going to suffer persecution of some shape or form, but we can still have joy because we know about the relationship we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. We know what he has done for us. We know what he is doing for us. We know what he is going to do for us. We have to have that expectation. And I must tell you, uh, I'm overjoyed this weekend. I, I, there, is not, there, there is nothing more exciting than to be able to see God's hand working. And I'll call that a bit of a teaser for those of you who are, are online and not able to come down to Akron. But we'll do this, uh, we'll do the live feed from the, the parking lot in the church. And uh, I'll share with you exactly what I mean by that. God is just gracious, is wonderful, has been merciful. And when you know you're the recipient of God's hand in something and prayers have been answered all you can do is just say praise god and just say amen a hundred million times 
because you know exactly what's going on where God is working in your life. And everyone who is with me online right now knows exactly what that means. You have seen God do something that there is no other explanation than God doing it. None whatsoever. And that's the most important takeaway here. So what we're going to do here, that's the passage, Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Uh, We'll do some housekeeping after prayer. We're going to close out. And uh, for those of you who are online, uh, we will be getting back online at about 11 o'clock. Just look for us uh, where we'll be doing a live stream from the parking lot at Akron Alliance Fellowship. Hey, guys, we are gathering together. We are, I don't know if you sense it, maybe it's just me, but to me right now, we are as close to the church as we've ever been uh, with the group of people that we have who are able to get together with us. And whether you're online right now or not, we'll have some more who are not online gathering with us um, uh, when we get together in about another 45 minutes or so. Um, But just keep in mind that God has been so good and God has been gracious enough to let us do what we're doing right now. And it's going to keep on going. So just remain prayerful, like we said here in this passage. Remain prayerful and be prayerful with joy. Because there's reason to be joyful. We are able to get together and worship. We are able to get together and pray uh, for each other. We're able to get together and pray and lift up every single member of the church. Um, And that's something that we need to keep in mind. And just keep praying for your love to increase, your wisdom to increase, your knowledge to increase, your discernment to increase, that you will remain blameless, just like it says in the passage here. Um, So let's close out in prayer, and we'll do some announcements, and we'll uh, break, and we'll see you in about a few minutes, a little bit later on. Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for how you love us unconditionally. And Lord, you teach us now to go forth and be joyful before others. Think less of ourselves and more of others. Think less of ourselves and more about you in thinking about others. Lord, we want to serve you. We want to acknowledge you. We want to give you the praise for all the things that you've done. We thank you, Lord, for your very presence today. We thank you for your presence everywhere we go. Lord, just continue to teach us. Continue to show us those things that we need to do to grow in you, to prosper in you. And Lord, even though things may not be the way we would like them, we know that you are with us. Just like the psalm, the psalmist says in Psalm 23, I'll fear no evil. Because you're present. You're there to comfort me. There's nothing to be fearful of. Because you have me for all eternity. And we thank you, Lord. We ask that you give us this mindset, not just today, but every day. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Housekeeping. Uh, We will get back together uh, at about 11 o'clock online. And we will broadcast from the Akron Alliance Fellowship Church parking lot. Please remember your offerings. Please remember to mail those offerings if you're not able to uh, come to the church. Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. 
And we just thank you for being here this morning. And uh, we will gather again, probably online, just like next this week. Do it again next week. We'll get together with you. And for those of you who are online with us, I'll see you in a few minutes, about 45 minutes. And for those of you who are heading to the church, I'll see you right there. Amen. Thanks for being here this morning. And uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, we'll meet you in the parking lot. Thanks.